What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 136 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, Incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by my brother from the same mother and the harshest adjudicator in the business, Lester Jones. Whoa, breaking out big words. I don't know what that means, but thank you. <laughs> and I won't even do the whole rhyme, but we got the Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, and you know this week he's passing out bullets, or passing out, dad, I can't even do it, passing out dick-like bullets from John Wick. <laughs> the Phenomenal, AJ Singh. Are they like big rubber bullets that I'm aiming at certain orifices? And they just bounce off everyone they hit. Yeah. Well, if you guys couldn't have guessed uh, by now, we, of course, uh, this will be our our uh, review of John Wick, Chapter 4, uh, which we saw just last night. Um, and so if for anybody of you guys who haven't uh, watched or listened to our reviews, what we do is just uh, first kind of a nice surface-level um, – spoiler-free review, and then, you know, unlike other reviewers who just give you that top-level stuff, then we're going to do a nice scene-by-scene breakdown, a real in-depth review, if you will. Um, so, yeah, let me uh, let me go ahead, and I'll bring up the old Rotten Tomatoes page. Uh, by the way, this movie's sitting pretty good at 95%. To, on the the old tomato meter, critic or audience? Actually, both ninety five percent, ninety five percent. They're okay. actually in agreement. Uh, so the official synopsis of this movie reads as thus: John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the High Table, but before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Uh, the movie stars Keanu Reeves as John Wick. Donnie Yen as Kane, Bill Skarsgård as Marquise, Lawrence Fishburne as the Bowery King, uh, Hiroyuki Sonata as Shimazu, uh, Shamir Anderson as the Tracker, a.k.a. Mr. Nobody, the late Lance Reddick as Sharon, uh, Rina Saiwayama as Akira, Scott Adkins as Killa, Ian McShane as Winston, and Marco Zaror as Chidi. Um... So yeah, I'm actually curious, um, especially you, how you felt about this, because like me, me and uh, AJ put it out there that we're fans of the John Wick franchise. Um, I know you said you watched the first one and you thought it was kind of half-assed. You think you might have watched the second one and you did not for- watch the third one. <laughs> so uh, coming into this blind, um, how did you feel? I mean, action is not really my genre, but um, yeah, it was it was decent. It was all right. Well, I'll say this: much like you. I tend to not like movies that are just action, action, action with nothing else. But I've always felt that the John Wick series did enough to, um, with character to make me, you, you know, care enough about him. And then also just all the world building stuff they do, I find interesting in the other movies. Well, yeah. I'll say, I'll say this: like, if you're gonna watch this movie, you have to suspend a lot of disbelief. Oh, <laughs> that, I mean, that goes for all of these yeah. movies. I mean, it is. Uh... Yeah, there's a lot of problems, but yeah, you can kind of look the other way. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like it's definitely a heightened world, and and some of the, some things you might scoff at, but you're like, for the most part, you can be like, okay, I'm in this world. I can buy them inside this world. Yeah, I mean, I think every movie, like you know, most movies that deal with like 
fiction in the sense like they they have you have to use your imagination a little bit and let it kind of slide on certain things you know? yeah i think as long as you think it's playing by the I, rules of its well, world some things it's usually you will okay. naturally suspend disbelief if right. it's artful <laughs> yeah. and this one, i was like okay suspending my disbelief now <laughs> let it go oh, the, uh, we're gonna hit a couple things where like what i was thinking like i couldn't get out of my head but we'll we'll get to that like just it's too much now i i was i've been thinking about this since last night of where i would rank this movie along the other john wicks and like i think i might rank it as my least favorite but that being said i still liked it i think that just shows like the strength of the john wick franchise like i think for me i would probably go two one three and then this one um but i think they're all a lot of fun and i and as we'll get into this movie like um, I, I still think this movie is a lot of fun. Yeah, like really. I would totally recommend it to people uh, to see it on the big screen. Yeah, I agree. Um, are there any kind of like notes you guys would want to hit on, like um, before we get into more spoilery stuff? I mean, I, I will say like um, I, I think this franchise always does a good job of introducing like you know new assassins that are interesting. Yeah. And I thought you know Donnie Yen's. Uh, Kane character was he was excellent. He was cool. Yeah, he definitely added a lot to this movie that I, I was not sure they were going to be able to do with like a new bad guy. So, but yeah, like, I, I not really, bad guy, but yeah. well, it's, it's somewhere in between. Yeah, I yeah. mean, these are. I mean, John Wick himself is kind of in, but you know, he's right. he's an assassin. Like he's done bad stuff, but mostly to bad people. So really? you forgive it, you know. Um, but yeah, if if you guys don't get, uh, well, I, I guess just uh, also just props to Keanu Reeves for. For always, like, you can tell he puts in the work on these movies. Oh, yeah. Like, these gotta be, like, I, I'm sure in s- some instances, like, they use a, a, a stunt double, but I know he's doing a lot of his own stunts, mm-hmm. and these movies look demanding in terms of stunts. And like, I, he's putting in the work. Props to all the stunt people in this movie. I, I saw, there's a part in this movie later on where somebody takes a massive fall. And uh, that looked like a real body. <laughs> <laughs> this this whole franchise really is an ode to um, stuntmen yeah. and stunt women. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, and just what they can do and, and the amazing things they they can pull off. It's it's pretty impressive when you really think about it. Um. Okay. Yeah, guys. Uh, so, are you guys ready for spoilers? Let's do it. All right, everybody. Spoilers ahead. We're gonna get into it. Okay. So we open the movie. Uh, with John Wick punching a, I guess a punching bag. Yeah, a wooden piece. Or something. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a towel wrapped around a two by four or something. Yeah. Right, something like that. Yeah, uh, this is interspersed with uh, Lawrence Fishburne's uh, Bowery character uh, talking to himself. I guess. And he's he shows <laughs> up exposition. Right. <laughs> uh, he, I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Like, I was having trouble understanding him, and then, like, whatever he was saying, I wasn't sure that made sense. <laughs> His character's kind of like that, though. He's always, speaks like... Speaks in riddles. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. Speaks kind of like that. But anyway, he shows up with a new uh, bulletproof suit for John, and also for, like, no real reason, he, like, lights up this, like, uh, elaborate, like, circle of fire for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, just for entering the building? Yeah. I'm like... <laughs> I think he could have just had lights somehow. I don't know. <laughs> Who set this up for him? <laughs> anyway, he asked John if he, if John is ready, and of course John says, "Yeah," which is funny because like right before the movie, you were telling me like how like fifty percent of his uh, job was saying "Yeah" and "Sure," <laughs> and then it just opens with him saying "Yeah" and goes to something. Else. Every every movie, it's like "Yeah," "Sure," and then like when he he'll always like formally like say the person's name like. Winston, 
Yeah. Cain. <laughs> That's most of his dialogue in these yeah. movies, but it works. It works. Um, so we cut to John now on horseback in the desert, uh, hunting down like three other uh, men on horses. He ends up shooting all of them. They're like uh, they're like the people that he met in the last movie uh, in the desert. So right. So if you were lost in the third movie, like he met like the uh, ultimate like elder, like king of the high table in this desert. And um, that's who he's going back to now. Um, so, like, he he get, gets to this elder, and I forget exactly what the elder tells him, but he's basically like, you know, killing me is pointless. You know, there's going to be another one of me or whatever. And uh, he kills him anyway. Yeah. He's like... <laughs> Oh, this guy's just like sitting on like this elaborate like carpet and stuff out in the desert. It was that way in the third movie too. Yeah, yeah. it's like, but also like chasing down the bad guys before he gets there. I'm like, he well, he's riding on horseback and the horses look great and, they, and he's like shooting at them, but like he is not doing a great job hitting. Them. <laughs> it must be hard to shoot. You know, I, I mean, thinking, shooting off a horse isn't easy. I'm sure. I was thinking that because he is obviously like a great shot, like an excellent right. shot. But yeah, apparently, uh, even if you're great on horseback, it makes it difficult. Yeah. Well, it's like the other guys didn't seem like they were armed, so like maybe you just close the gap a little bit and then shoot them. I, I don't know. <laughs> and then he's like, I, I want him to be afraid. <laughs> it's true. The Mongolians were killing people like crazy on horseback with arrows. Yeah, with arrows. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so now we cut to Clancy Brown's character. I don't know if they ever actually name his character. They maybe do, but, um, he, he works for this Frenchman called the, the Marquise. Is that how you pronounce yeah, Marquis. it? Marquis. Now, is that his title or is that his actual name? No, it's the title. He's the Marquis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so he goes to the Continental in New York and he basically notifies Winston that they're shutting down the New York Continental and that he's got like an he's got this sour uh, huge hourglass uh that's in a bag which i thought was maybe a little unnecessary <laughs> like they can't use any like new technology like, like man that that must be an expensive hourglass like they like, brought it all the way and <laughs> but he's like you have an hour to ev- evacuate the building and i guess this is like kind of punishment for his actions and cuz the third movie like ends with him um basically to you know, prove his loyalty to the high table. He shoots John Wick off the roof of the Continental. But we get the sense that he shot him in a way that he thought John would survive right. it. He doesn't fall like 20 stories onto a Volkswagen and just like walk away. Oh, he hits. He pretty much does, actually. Yeah. He hits like some bars and poles and stuff. Uh, it's sure. like, ah, oh, that really uh, broke the fall. <laughs> um, so him and... Um, um, how do you pronounce Lance Reddick's character? Is it Sharon? Sharon, yeah. Sharon. Um, they're going to have a meeting with the Marquise. Um, and he has this discussion with him where, like, he's like, did you know that, like, when this, like, I think it was, like, an Old West outlaw was being hanged, um, they asked him about it, and he just said, like, such is life. And he's like, what, what kind of attitude is that? Or something, like, along those lines. Right? I, I just set that up because it'll come back later. Anyway, um... Basically, Winston asks the the Marquis for a second chance, but he says no. He ends up blowing up the Continental, and then he kills uh, Sharon uh, for Winston's failings in in the third movie. Um, so, unfortunately, you know the late Lance Reddick not in this movie for a very long time. Doesn't 
think the movie does a good job of like remembering him though. He did at least get. Um, I liked it in the third movie. He got that action scene oh, that's at true, the Continental yeah. where he, you know, we got to actually see him in action yeah. a little bit. Uh, so the Marquise tells uh, his underling to contact Kane, um, who is played by Donnie Yen. Uh, so we sw- go right over. We're introduced to Kane, um, who is blind, which is an interesting wrinkle in this movie. And he's listening to who we find out is his daughter uh, play the violin in this park. And I wrote, now this is something I was a little confused on. He cannot be in contact with her due to an agreement he has with the high table, I guess. But my thing is, is if the high table wanted control over him, couldn't they just be like, you know, don't, you you know, you can't defy us or we're going to kill your daughter. Why does he have to actually agree that he's not going to see his daughter at all? I, see, yeah. I, I was confused by that too. I, I just salt in the wound. <laughs> I didn't know if they had an agreement that he couldn't see her or if he was just trying to stay away from her so they couldn't get to her. But then... I mean, they definitely know about her. Yeah. yeah, there's a line later that says something like, you were too close or something. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he tells her in like the next scene, like, you were too close to her today or whatever. Uh-huh. So like, there definitely is an agreement that he like can't... Uh, see, I, what I took away from that was like, maybe he got too close in the sense that they, they followed him and then got to her. Like, you know, oh, you got a little too close, so we, we found her because of you today, you know? But the the other thing um, I thought was weird is that he kept flipping over open like this pocket watch type of thing that has her picture in it, and, and then I'm like, well, he's blind. Like yeah. he's not looking at that picture. Is that that's just for us? <laughs> His blindness is uh, called into qu- yeah a couple times, <laughs> more than a couple times. <laughs> maybe he's just legally blind. Because <laughs> like there's times where he like struggles to do a normal thing, maybe. But then, like, he's doing extraordinary things. Right. I was going to talk about this, too. But, yeah, like, he'll have these huge fight scenes where he's just, like, kicking everybody's ass and, like, shooting people and, like, just all kinds of stuff that no blind person could do. And, like, they set up one scene where he uses, like, doorbells so he can... Yeah, hear, like, motion detectors. Interesting. Yeah, but, um, but, yeah, he does these big fight scenes. And then, like, after the fight scene, he's, like, groping around for stuff like <laughs> yeah. he's Velma looking for glasses or something. <laughs> well, yeah, it is weird because, like, sometimes you're, like, you know, how did he just shoot that guy or whatever? But then at other times in the fight, I do like he'll have these motions where he's kind of like reaching out with his stick. Like, you know, it looks like he is searching for the enemy f- yeah. before he like kills and him or whatever. They do a good job with the details in this movie. So I'm sure if like I, I watch this channel where they go over like all this stuff in slow motion and stuff. It's called Canadian Lad. And, uh, you know, he, he breaks down like all these little nuanced things that are happening. And it did seem like the people who attack him usually make a noise before they hit him. Or something, so he can kind of sense like what's he's got like the daredevil power. Maybe <laughs> could be, but yeah, I, I still really liked his character and his movements and stuff. So it worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, after the where he's in the scene at the park, he has a a, a, a meeting with the Mar- Marquise, uh, played by Bill Skarsgård, uh, and he tells uh, uh, basically he contracts Kane to kill John. He gives him his name in braille and we see him like uh do that um he doesn't want to uh fight john because he says he's basically he's retired and also john is an old friend of his but basically he ends up agreeing to it because they have that leverage over his daughter now is he doing it because they're threatening to hurt his daughter or do they actually agree that okay if you could do this then you can have contact with your daughter that's one thing i was a little unsure i don't know they well, there's a line that he ha- that he has something to live for and die for, yeah. and so it's like it's both, I guess. Yeah, I was under the under the impression that they were gonna kill his daughter if he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Okay. 
Um, so now we cut to Japan. I believe this, they mentioned, this is Osaka, right? Don't yeah. they say it's the Osaka Continental? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, here we're introduced to Mr. Nobody, um, who is this uh, African-American guy that has a dog with him at all times. Uh, he gets checked into the Osaka Continental. I, I, I've got to intervene here. I mentioned on the podcast a show called Winona Earp a long time right. ago, like a couple of years ago maybe. Um this guy was from that show. I said that at the time that he was like a terrible actor, and I was like, he's never going to get another job again. And I was blown away to see him in this movie. And he, to be fair, he did a much better job in this movie than that show. So I don't know, like props, I guess. Yeah. Hey, sometimes actors do get better. Yeah. Like actually improve. Yeah, he looked a lot better. Um, so he gets checked into the uh, Osaka Continental by Akira, um, who is the daughter of the manager. Um, now, in Japanese, like, this is written out as, like, Shimazu, but I think they just call him, like, Shizu or something. Like, because uh-huh. Japanese names are pronounced, like, different, where they, like, skip, like, letters that we would typically pronounce and stuff. Yeah, I have no idea. So, I think it was, like, Shizu or something like that, but I, I can't say for Shizu. sure. <laughs> uh, we find out that um, Shizu is illegally harboring uh, John, um who is also an old friend of his because John's apparently has a lot of old friends in the business. Um, agents of the Marquis um, show up to search the hotel on suspicion that John is there. Um, so this, um, and I guess I should point out that like once once Shizu is notified that like those guys are there, he leaves and Akira has a conversation with John where basically like she's upset that he's even there because she knows that he's putting them all at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so this ends up leading to a conflict between, uh, Shizu's men who are armed with bows and arrows and swords and like the Marquise's men who are armed with guns. Um, and, and that fight goes on for a while, like guys getting hit with arrows. Um, but there is, um, a guy named Chibi who is like basically the Marquise's right hand man. And he's like a pretty stout fellow. Oh, he he shows up multiple times. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So... Well, first the Japanese guy demands that they leave their weapons even if they're going to search. Right. And when they refuse, then like all these archers come over and the lights go out. Right. But but this it's like a small group of guys initially. Right. And and they've all got like the arrows pointed at them. And so it goes south and they all they all shoot like one arrow and disappear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, if I'm I, like maybe you guys should have more arrows. I know, I feel like they could have won that fight even even better. Um but basically I think what happened if I'm remembering right is like for a minute like um Shizu's men kind of get the um the upper hand, but then Kane shows up along with like all these guys who are like in thick armor yeah. and like AK-47 like or like Machine guns. Right. So we should so say that everybody in this movie has a bulletproof Kevlar suit on. Head but, to toe. The but these guys. guys that are coming in now are smart and they put on a face mask too just in case like someone shoots them in the face. Yeah. yeah. They're the most well protected. <laughs> right. Uh, they're like the underlings and they're, they actually have proper protection. <laughs> yeah. I don't, they, they look tough as hell to kill. <laughs> yeah. Basically, they only have like one vulnerability is like shooting them. Like, right in the neck. Uh, right, and... like, right under like the chin or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, after those guys show up, Shizu and his men kind of fall back. And um, um, so now we have kind of two action scenes going on at once where Shizu and his men are fighting some guys in a hallway while the bad guys then make it up to the roof <clears throat> and start fighting with John and Akira. Um, so the rooftop fight, Akira has a bow and arrow 
and John uh, just has his gun, and they kind of have this um, uh, long fight where, like, you know, he's, like you were saying, he's, like, shooting those armored guys underneath the yeah, chin and stuff head, yeah. and using all types of karate. She's, she's like, hitting them with, like, bow and arrows. <laughs> Another thing is, like, everyone he kills, he basically has to shoot in the head. And, and like, there's there's just, like... Not enough, like, blood and brains. They just, like, fall down and they look normal. <laughs> I'm like, this guy is, like, the top of his head should be missing, you know? <laughs> I will say there was a couple times in this movie where, like, he, he shot guys after they were already on the ground. That I'm like, I think he was dead already, but okay. Yeah. Being sh- he, being he, was, safe. <laughs> he was doing that uh, zombie land. He was giving everybody <laughs> yeah, a double, double tap. Yeah. Double tap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that, that rooftop scene was pretty fun. Um, then we get... Um, and the order of operations on this, I don't really remember. I, I remember John and Akira um, eventually going to this other room where they fight a bunch of guys. She's like, like stabbing this guy up the stairs, and he's killing a bunch Part of. Part of me was like, "Is this going through his suit?" <laughs> it's like they broke the, uh, I don't know, the rules there for a minute. Well, no, I, I think the way the suit would work is like if a bullet's come out <laughs> fast enough, like it, it's like you know, like Dune, where like. Yeah, you oh, shoot yeah. the guy and nothing can happen. You have to you have to have the slow blade. <laughs> yeah, I never understood that in Dune, really. But yeah, no, it's got to be like the right speed to get through. That's true. Yeah, it kind of was like that. Also, like they have the bulletproof suits, which is a good idea. But like, were armor pier- piercing rounds never invented in this universe? Well, apparently they invented those like firework rounds that explode on impact. <laughs> yeah, those are cool. <laughs> Should have used more. That doesn't of come those. up till later, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but anyway, in this fight, um, Akira ends up at, uh, eventually taking a like a shot to the guts or something, which kind of injures her and pulls her out of the fight. Um, and then we got uh, a, a scene in the hallway where Shizu's men are like kind of wrecking shop, but at the same time, like Kane is just like in this corner, like eating n- noodles. Um, yeah, he's got like a bowl of pho, just mm. <laughs> wait, waiting for things to simmer down before he gets involved. And so eventually, that cheaty guy is like, "Come on, we're paying you or whatever. Get in the game or whatever." So he's like, "Fine." Um, so yeah, he starts like, like fighting guys. And like you referenced earlier, there's this spot where he, he plants these like kind of motion detectors. So when the bad guy or, well, the guys he's fighting anyway, come in, like when they pass, it'll make a, like a, a, a ding dong sound, which alerts him to their location. So he can then like shoot them. But then it is inconsistent because like, that's the only part of the movie where he, he uses, uses that. A, a and, strategy. And like there that. are like multiple times throughout the movie where he's not only stab like finding people and stabbing them, he's also like shooting them. So it's like, I guess we're just supposed to meant to believe they made a noise that he could hear and he, you know, like that. Um, so then John ends up in this like uh, wing of the Continental that's almost like a museum. Like there's all these glass display cases, right? Convenient with weapons, like, yeah, like weapons in them and stuff. And this is a long ass fight um, where he he ends up like getting some um, nunchucks, uh, and there's just you know gun a lot of gunplay, a lot of nunchuck play. Uh, it does go on for a very long time. I mean, it's entertaining and I like it's the well use done. The nunchucks. I, I thought it was a cool <laughs> new weapon they used. Yeah, yeah, it is good to have. Like throw they, in they a do new change weapon. up things every once in a while, and you, I, I feel like like creative use of like the scene in the space was pretty prevalent throughout. Yeah, I do like that. It's not always just guns. They they there yeah. in these movies. There's you know knives, swords, nunchucks. They mix in a. 
And you know, some movies, like, it feels like the action hero loses object permanence. Like, he has a weapon for a second, he throws it away and gets it, like, and this one, he's like, oh, this is useful, I'll hold on to it. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, even, like, yeah, he puts him, like, around his neck for a a minute so he can keep using him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, uh, well well done scene. And, of course, like, all these glass cases, he's, like, being thrown through. They're all shattering (laughs) and being shot. Um, so eventually Kane shows up, and it's that's like the boss fight, and uh, they're fighting each other. Um, I think they kind of have a conversation where they realize that like they don't really want to do this, but uh, they're both doing it because of their family. Yeah. Um, and like there's one scene where like Kane gets John down, and like his gun's empty, and he's like, "Did I get you? Are you are you dead or something like that?" And he's just like staying quiet because like you there's know, like, a lot of times where I was like. Maybe if they're just quiet. You know? <laughs> what if you just quietly aim your gun at his head and, you know. But yeah, then eventually, like, John makes a small sound and he's like, oh shit. So then the, there's like this scramble where there's, you know, shooting each other. But, uh, but like we're saying, so this is like this whole, like, it's a super long scene that transitions to the boss fight or whatever. But like, the whole time, like, there's part of me that's like, it feels like I'm just watching a dance, you know. They're just dancing around on screen, and I'm like, "Okay, here's the dance, here's the dance." And then Kane shows up. And I don't know if either of you got this, but like, I was getting this like, you know, uh, Gangnam style like psy vibe. And like every time he's fighting someone, I was like, "Open mm, mm, Gangnam style," <laughs> and he's just like, "I don't." It was I don't know. It was too much. I can't say I thought of that, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very thankful they didn't do that needle drop. <laughs> we should do like a we'll make like a little remix. <laughs> I bet it would go hard. Actually. I bet it would. That would be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, somewhere like in between their like they get separated for a minute and they're they're going to fight again, but then like Mister Nobody shows up and he he kind of takes a shot at Kane. It doesn't like hit him. But, like, it gives John enough distance to where, like, he escapes. Yeah, there's this kind of, like, side thing where, like, Mr. Nobody is watching the bounty on John Wick. And it's, like, at 18 million. And so he's, like, he's got this thing where he's, like, I don't want him to die yet. We need to get this bounty up. And so, like, there's a number of times in the movie where he subverts, like, John being killed or something. Right. And, yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I mean, you're wandering around with your dog in like homeless clothes. Uh, maybe 18 million is enough. <laughs> you know, maybe 18 million is a good number for you. Yeah, I I thought his uh, motivation in the movie and was questionable. Uh, you're right. I I kind of think he, you know, this idea that he he's not satisfied until the number gets up even higher, but. Yeah, I, I wonder what he was trying to get. Like, I thought maybe he was trying to buy something for somebody or like, save yeah, somebody's it's never life or like, something. I don't know. It never really that ties, ties into his motivation. Yeah. That's true. I, I kind of wish they would have given him a reason to where we would have been like, oh, that's why he's doing yeah. it. You know, it's a little bit more. <laughs> he was trying to get, like, diamond uh, chains for his dog or something. <laughs> 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 this dog needs to bling. Um, anyway, outside, um, John gets in another fight. He's taken down some guys, but he's helped again by Mr. Nobody, who, uh, you know, uh, doesn't tell John, like, what he's up to, but he's like tells John he better take care of himself, you know. Um, John, at that scene, also takes um, the bad guys wearing, like, the symbol of the Marquise, like this metal badge, basically, or whatever. So he takes that. Um, so now this I thought was a little weird. So Kane confronts um, Shizu 
um, wanting him to give up John's location, but I'm like, John is still like not far from there. <laughs> and like, does Shizu even really know where John's going? Like, maybe he does, but I don't know. Um, but basically, um, yeah, now that you mentioned it, I just, <clears throat> yeah, this guy's just known as a tracker. <laughs> um, so Shizu refuses, um, and that leads to a sword fight between Shizu and, um, Kane. Um, and again, here Kane um, doesn't really want to kill Shizu, um, but he, you know, Shizu keeps coming at him, so he doesn't, you know, in his mind have a choice. So he, he eventually kills him. Yeah, I gotta intervene here. What was Shizu thinking? He had already lost the fight, and he wasn't going to accomplish anything by attacking him one more time for no reason. Like the guy was ready to walk away from you. Why did he go for that one last attack on him? Yeah, I was wondering that too. I, I, I maybe just his, his loyalty to John. In my mind, I was thinking they killed Sharon because of the last uh, guy who ran the Continental, and this guy runs this hotel. Maybe he thought they were going to do the same thing to his daughter, so maybe he thought he had to die to save her. Maybe. Yeah, I'm honestly not sure. Like, because you're right, at that point, like, Kane was willing it seemed like after he like did that blow to his back that i guess didn't kill him yeah that he was like willing to let him go but then he came back at him and so he killed him Mm -hmm. so uh, yeah i'm not entirely sure yeah at that point you should probably cut your losses when you're pretty much like you know crippled yeah (laughs) like this guy fucked me up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you won (laughs) (laughs) you got me (laughs) thanks for being a sportsman yeah not killing me Um, but, um, he kills Shizu right in front of Akira, who is still down, like, injured because she got hit in the guts or whatever. And, like, she thinks for a second about taking up a sword to Kane, but he's like, don't do it. And I think he even has a line here where he tells her that, like, he'll be waiting when she's ready. So this is my question to to you guys. Now, I don't know if you guys heard this, but they're already doing, like, a John Wick spinoff that I think is called The Ballerina with Mm. Ana de Armas. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But... I kind of this made me think that they're setting up a spinoff with Akira. That's what that's what I thought. Because yeah. I could totally see them doing a, a movie with like you know the possible revenge film Akira going yeah. up against Kane. It, it makes sense. I, it's intriguing storyline. I think it'd be good. Yeah, it definitely. I, I don't know if you guys picked like thought that, but I definitely was like to me it's like okay they set up this character and they set up this motivation i i I would think they would use that again well we're coming up on the scene next where um she runs into john on the train right right and yeah yeah so john john like gets on a subway train and then akira gets on as well which which makes me wonder like how'd she catch up to him she seems pretty you know injured or whatever um but yeah she basically tells him what happened and that he's responsible for her father's death. And I think she has a line that says like, if he doesn't take out Cain, that she will. Yeah. And he's like, I understand. Yeah. But then spoiler, he's not going to take him. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I kind of feel like they were setting up another movie there, so but I, like I guess we'll, we'll see. Also like, um, you know, they set up this Mr. Nobody guy. Do you think they might use him in a movie down the line as well? I, no, I think so. I don't see why not. He's a, he's been a fun character in this movie. Like the whole dog angle that they brought back with them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something funny that happens like a number of times is like one of his commands to the dogs is nuts. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> and he, just, he just like grabs people's nuts. The thing is like he'd have people like down and out and he'd do that to them. And then like after the dog chewed on their nuts for like 10 seconds, he'd shoot them in the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really just torturing people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, I think I might 
have this wrong, but I think it was around this point in the movie that we see that John's bounty is raised up to $20 million. Um, so now Winston and the Bowery King uh, uh, meet by the destroyed Continental, and um, Winston says he wants a meeting with John. Um, and I might get, be getting these scenes mixed up a little, but it's it's somewhere in there. Uh, so now Mr. Nobody has a meeting with the Marquise at a horse stable. Uh, Mr. Nobody says uh, that he, um, you know, he's kind of putting over his skills as a tracker because he was able to track John to Osaka. Um, and he says he will track down John for like a large sum of money. I forget exactly what he wants. $23 million. And then and he, also a pension or something. Yeah, like once he the job is complete, like he gets another like twenty three million or something, yeah. something like that. Um. So basically, the the marquise agrees to that, but after he stabs he stabs Mister Nobody through the hand, and I forget what this his point was here. He's like, okay, you can either remove the knife or you can painfully like remove your hand, and like one symbolizes something, and one symbol symbolizes something else well one uh, it, if he pulls it out that means that he only cares about himself if he pulls it out that shows his loyalty oh okay so like he has to like yeah pull tear his whole hand yeah like this section of his hand it looked pretty painful to me that injury should have made it so like he couldn't have used that hand at all for the rest of the movie it is bandaged yeah you kept but. it bandaged <laughs> um so now john meets with winston at sharon's uh, grave and he tells him about the badge he found, and he's like, what is this? And uh, he tells him that that's the sim- symbol of the Marquise, who it ba- is basically the man in charge now since he killed, like, the elder in the desert. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks John what's his plan, and John's just like, I'm going to kill them all. And he's like, um, that's going to do you no good. Like, before his body's even cold, they're just going to have another guy in charge. So he tells John, like, if you really want your freedom back, you're going to have to challenge him to a formal duel. But to do that, you got to get your ticket repaired and you got to get uh, accepted into an assassin clan. Cause apparently otherwise you can't uh, make one of those, one of those duels. Uh, so he tells him he's going to have to go to Berlin. Um, so John shows up to this church in Berlin uh, to meet with. Now, is that like his old clan that he yeah, used to? The Belarus, I think. Because uh, is that the same clan from uh, John Wick 3 that he yeah. meets with? Okay. So, like, I, the thing I was confused about is, like, he used to apparently be with them and do jobs for them, but he was never, like, formally at that time branded in with them? No, he was he was already, like, part of their family. But, but he didn't have, like, the skin brand? I think that was to symbolize that he was, like, out of the family. Like, they, that they... No, not out of the family, but that they had... They were doing something for him, like... Uh, like... It would be like a different level inside the gang or something. Something maybe. like that. Some sort of tradition they have. I'm not sure what it is. Okay. Uh, he's tracked to the uh, to that church by Mr. Nobody. So Mr. Nobody calls Marquise and is like, hey, I, I want my money for tracking him here. And then the Marquise basically reneges on his deal and says, uh, no, if you want any money, you're going to have to kill John. See, uh, at this point, like after somebody like goes back on their word, like why are you making more deals with the same person? <laughs> it's like, oh, you, you were full of shit that time, but let's make a different deal. <laughs> well, and they make such a big deal about how the high table and this whole structure is based on these stringent rules, and like if you break the rules, there's consequences. And then this guy just broke the rules, yeah, like he broke his word. So I'm like, I guess they're just trying to paint him as a real piece of shit, but we already <laughs> knew that. Guy's a real dick. So John's old clan is about to kill him. They they they're hanging him because um, 
because he killed the elder and the Marquise is in charge, the Marquise uh, like sent this lieutenant, like underboss guy, who ended up killing their old leader and is now like in charge of them. And so they, they hate this guy. Um, but John, John tells him about his plan of, you know, um, that he can kill the Marquise if he can challenge him to a duel, but he needs to be in their group. And so like basically um, like the woman who's kind of the leader of that group now says, okay, we'll do that. If you kill this guy, we hate that killed like, I guess her father or the leader of whoever the leader of their clan was now. So I believe this character, cause I, in the, in the Rotten Tomatoes, like um, they said there was a character named Killa, which I believe is this big fat guy they're going to see. Oh, okay. But this guy's like, obnoxious, man. Well, the thing of it was, because <laughs> um, I was telling him last night after we seen it, I was like, is this an actor like I should know that they like made look fat, kind of like with Colin Farrell in The right. Penguin? And, or is this just like a, a legitimately like big fat guy that can, can move? move. But um, the picture they have is like, a, like a, this kickboxer guy who's in really good shape. So I think oh. they kind of put a fat suit on him okay because we've seen a scene later like he's throwing like roundhouse kicks and things a guy of that size should not be able to right. do yeah he was making moves right so yeah killer he's like this this fat guy with gold teeth he plays with uh, cards um and so uh, basically they they have a guy that works for their clan pretend that he captured john and brought him there mm-hmm. um they have a bit of a conversation but not too long after both kane and mr nobody show up and they're kind of at this stand uh, standoff because they all want to kill John, right? Um, for some reason, like the guy suggests that they play a hand of cards, which I, th- at this point I was like, I don't know about this scene. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of like scenes of him doing like card tricks and stuff. <clears throat> so you're like, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, well, this guy can definitely uh, cheat, you know? Right, and so that's what happens. They play a, 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 this hand of cards, which Killer wins by cheating. And I don't even was his point just like that he has all the cards that he's. I guess in the end, because he deals everybody <clears throat> like a good hand, and he goes from one to the next, progressively getting better and better. And at some point, like um, uh, oh, uh, Kane, like he has cards, and he's like, well, blah blah blah, like he can't see them, and right. then like he calls out exactly what the hand is. Yeah, how do you do that? I, I'm thinking like <laughs> they're saying that he can like feel it on the card. Oh, that's Dang. pretty uh, intense. I mean, how else would he have? I have no idea. Unless he's faking the blindness, <laughs> which he might be. <laughs> um, yeah, he could, that'd be so great in the next movie. <laughs> we just find out he could see it the whole time. <laughs> really lures people in. <laughs> um, so now, like, um, the uh, oh, so this I thought was kind of stupid, too. John, like... <laughs> gives um, Killa like a really bad paper cut with the card. Oh, yeah. He's like able to actually like slice his throat open a little bit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this causes like hell to break loose. So like Kane and Mr. Nobody start fighting like all the other guys in the room while Killa um, escapes and John goes after him. Like, but he like shoots him in the ass, like as he's oh, yeah, right. a couple times. Right. right. Um, so John chases Killa into a huge dance club. And I wrote, despite killing people with guns and axes, everyone continues to just dance. They don't care. They're like, nah, it'll settle Not itself. Not a care in the world. <laughs> yeah, they're 100% just background. <laughs> so this, I thought I thought was silly. Like, eventually, like, they do, like, 
not until everything's over, which they've been yeah. placid, you know, as anything the whole time. And then, like, when the fight's over, everybody's, like, milling out. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, let's like, get out of here. Fight's over, guys. I'm like, go. now? Now you leave? <laughs> um, <laughs> this place is boring. I don't want to be here yeah, now. Not the spot now. <laughs> At one point, John is, like, um, thrown down um, by Killa to, like... Um, the top floor of this club to the bottom floor, which is like a like a huge drop, and he ends up being just fine. <laughs> well, um, he hits a pipe in the middle to slow him down. Oh, that's oh, right. That's always it. those nice pipes to slow you down. <laughs> and like I mentioned before, like this killer guy, he's like doing roundhouse kicks and shit to the guy his size. <laughs> yeah, that was very impressive. I was like, there's no way this dude's actually a fat guy. Actually, even the kickboxer guy in the fat suit, like props to him for being able to pull yeah, off those moves. Yeah. Um. Eventually, John kills Killa, and he takes his gold tooth as a proof of death. Yeah, when he kept punching him in the face, I was like, uh, is he trying to kill him that way? Or, like, what's going on? Well, well <laughs> the woman beforehand mentioned that he needed proof of death. And then when I saw he had those big gold teeth, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's going to be yeah. it. Yeah. I thought he was going to get, like, all of them. That's kind of what yeah. I thought. I thought he would have the whole grill. He not just gets yeah. one tooth. Yeah. yeah, I assumed it was, like, like a bridge or something, like three teeth all together. That's what that's I thought, too. Um... As John is leaving, Mr. Nobody attempts to, like, snipe him, but uh, he's stopped by Kane from doing so. Right. <laughs> he, has but, a lot, he has a lot of people who intervene in his death. <laughs> right, right. Um, so John um, gets uh, branded, a brand on his arm. Uh, he gets branded into the assassin clan. And so this gives him the ability to challenge for the, the duel. Uh, so John chooses Winston as his second, who delivers the duel challenge to the Marquise. Uh, the Marquis, of course, doesn't want to accept, but he really has no choice because he's got to like abide by the laws of the challenge or whatever. Uh, the Marquis tells Winston uh, that as John's second, he will be killed if John loses. And then he says, such is life as a callback to that conversation he had with uh, Sharon earlier. Um you can kind of tell that the Marquis does want to like squirm his way out of this fight, definitely. But Winston almost like talks him into it, like, "Well, if you win, you know, you'll be the greatest." Like people, that's true. Like I don't know if maybe he could have squirmed his way out, but you're right. Winston does kind of um, talk to him in a way there that makes him like accept it. Yeah. Um. So now John and Marquis and the Marquis have a discussion uh, to uh, discuss the terms of the duel. And I thought this was weird. So th they choose um, time, place, and weapons. And basically, they both call out, like, what they want. Mm -hmm. But then they randomly draw these cards, and, like, the high card, like, wins or right, something. Yeah. And, like, Clancy Brown is officiating this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And also, Kane and Winston are looking on as well. Um, so the duel will be at sunrise uh, with dueling pistols. And I forget the name of the place, but it's somewhere in France, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're in Paris, and then um, it's like a um, like a church or a church. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I wasn't sure what that name they said. If that was like a city or if it was that church, I wasn't. But they I think it was the name. Yeah, of the they church. were definitely in Paris. Okay. Yeah, they were. Okay. Um, John has a discussion with Cain inside of a church. Um, John first like lights a candle, and I think he's just kind of like uh, paying tribute to his dead wife or something like that. And then he has a discussion with Cain, and it's. It's basically kind of about how their love of their families have gotten them into this whole mess. And that, you know, they're friends with each other, but um, they're both going to take each other out, basically, you know, a conversation like that. Um, uh, so John meets up at, with Winston, and uh, Lawrence Fishburne has 
made his way over to France. Oh, one thing I wanted to bring up that I, I it, it's something that's skipped over in these movies, but um, is like even like in the second movie when they first put like a uh, a bounty on John, like assassins just come out of the woodwork. They're all over him, and even like through this whole time in the third movie too. There's this bounty on him. He's traveling overseas. Like, is he flying private? Like, how is he avoiding? Like, like how is he getting to these different places without being killed? I think I I don't they don't explain it, but I think Lawrence Fishburne is the one who's providing him these like routes back w- ways to get there. That getting him like yeah. safe passage somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they could have maybe said it because I'm like, how is he globe trotting and not getting killed like everywhere yeah. he touches down? You know. Yeah. Once they raise it to like <laughs> from 18 million to like 25 million, then like everybody in the city's after him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, what's everybody's like thing about like 18 million? Nah. And then, like, I know. What's 25 the, million? Okay. What's the economy of this world where they're like <laughs> mm, 18? I think you can do better than that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, he meets up with Lawrence Fishburne, uh, who gives him a a new suit because like, Lawrence Fishburne's got all the suits in this. Movie. I know he's like, yeah, this suit's you know it's bulletproof, but eh, it's getting a little dirty. Let's give you a new one. <laughs> you know, I was telling him too, like, okay, so we're to believe that the suits are bulletproof, fine, but does it not like sting like a motherfucker when they get hit? <laughs> right, like, are he your ribs hit, not yeah. taking it? Because like, he gets hit a lot. Yeah. yeah, he should be like head to toe bruises, yeah. nothing but bruises, just welted. Uh, he also gives him like a fancy gun where he's like, oh, it holds 21 bullets or okay, something. Yeah, let's yeah. pause here for a second. Now, is this a, like a real commercial gun? I don't know what it was called. Was it like I, a Viper or something? Viper, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Because it, it felt like he was doing like a commercial for this gun. Oh, yeah. He did the whole lay down. <laughs> this whole blah, this, that, this, and that can, can go both ways and be dexterous. It would be funny. If, for Smith and Wesson. <laughs> that would be funny if this movie yeah, it was sponsored by Smith and Wesson. There's Wesson like a little thing in the corner go to, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Now, did he also mention, like, he, he, he's like, and when it's empty, it's got teeth or something. And then I think there's a scene later where he's, like, stabbing a guy with, like, the empty gun or something. I think you're oh, right. Sure. Like, he pulls, like, the receiver off or something and then, like, stabs him with it. Yeah. Something weird, yeah. Um, so now um, the Marquis, you know, he is trying to squirm his way out of this duel. So he directs Chibi uh, to kill John before sunrise. And he also increases the bounty, at this point, I believe, to $26 million. And like this gets all the assassins in Paris like into it. They're like, oh, it's not twenty million anymore. It's twenty six million. Hell yeah! So we kind of get this uh, montage of them like loading up their guns and their cars with guns and and things like that. Now, a lot of these guys do seem like they're either in the underworld or professionals. But I mean, for that kind of money, I- I'd see like you know. Billy Bob, like getting out his shotgun, <laughs> jumping in his truck. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that's a lot of Powerball tickets. I gotta say though, if I was one of these assassins and I knew John Wick's reputation, I would not try to do anything but snipe him from a very long distance. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's all I would ever do. And like, if even like three of these guys did that, one of them would have got him. <laughs> I have to feel. Um, before everything kicks off. Um, he gets on a boat ride with Winston and uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and um, uh, Winston mentions that like the inscription on Sharon's um, grave translated to friend, and he's like, "What would you guys want written on your tombstones?" And of course, uh, Lawrence Fishburne says, "Long live the king," and then John says, "Loving husband, I would want loving husband uh, put on my grave." 
Um, so apparently the high table has a DJ that works for him, and she like plays music while at the same in between songs. She like, um, you know, she's like, oh, Mister, oh, she's on the radio. Yeah, she's on the radio, and she's like, um, you know, talks about how the you know what the bounties at or whatever, and and even like tells like where John Wick's current location is. So like, she, and, and apparently this is a radio station that all the assassins listen to to like keep up with like high price bounties and stuff like that. <laughs> so I just I thought that was a, a little weird, but I guess it's part of the world. It's fine. Okay, so now we're gonna get into a big long stretch of fights. So John has a fight on the streets. Um, oh, and man, he gets hit by so many cars too. Oh yeah, so many cars. Well, so by this point, I think the bounty had already gone up to forty million, right? I don't think it hits forty million until he has his conversation with Mister Nobody later. Oh, okay. Right oh, now. yeah. So he, he approves it for Mister Nobody, and he's like, "If I'm gonna pay him, I might as well pay anybody." Right. Yeah. I think at this point it's at the twenty-six million. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has this fight with guys on the street, which eventually leaves him to getting in this muscle car that gets the doors blown off of him. I just got to interrupt. As soon as he gets on the street, after he leaves the the subway or whatever he was right. he gets noticed immediately immediately <laughs> yeah yeah part of me was kind of like maybe you shouldn't have given him another black suit maybe. yeah maybe dress down a little yeah. bit <laughs> dress him up like a tranny or something yeah. <laughs> um he get attacked then <laughs> so now he's in this muscle car and uh, chibi and his group also have cars like that are chasing him Eventually, they get into this, like, roundabout area. And, um, oh, yeah, there's, like, this scene where he's, like, uh, doing, like, donuts uh, around this group of guys and, like, shooting them at the same time. Like, I was kind of like, this is really great driving. But, but yeah, I was like, maybe instead of looping around them 40 times, you should have just, like, taken off. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably true. Probably wasting some valuable time. Um, Eventually, um, that car crashes. And he's shooting guys uh, in, like, a high-traffic area. So, like, it, it, like guys are getting hit by cars. Like, he, he gets hit by cars, but n- nothing fatal. Uh, he eventually gets in a fight with that chibi guy, um, who's, who's, again, pretty tough. Um, and um, eventually, uh, Mr. Nobody shows up, and he stops chibi from killing John by sicking his dog on him. And uh, this allows John to escape on a motorcycle. Uh, do you guys remember anything from that scene? Like you want to like highlight? I I just I mean it's so much action. It's hard to remember everything that's going on. It's basically just a lot of people attacking, a lot of gunfire, a lot of cars flying past. I remember there was like a scene where like some some guys like get hit and then get flown up in the air, and he's like shooting them while they're in the air, like after they get hit by the car. Or oh damn. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I mean, uh, I was looking for civil, civilian casualties. It was amazing that there didn't seem to be any. Just the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, during the scene, they, like, tipped over so many cars and disabled so many cars. And, like, there's never, like, any road jam going on. Yeah. Until, like, the entire scene's over here leaving. And then there's, like, oh, there's the, uh, the road jam. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, maybe you can't drive over the dead bodies, right. I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, John escapes on a motorcycle. And he eventually gets cornered. Uh, by a bunch of other vehicles and i kind of felt during this scene like if someone was quick on the draw they probably could have killed him here uh but anyway he has to get off the motorcycle which he like launches into this bad guy and he that was a cool thing (laughs) and he gets in this empty house um so he's in this house and like all the bad guys 
show up and and he's killing some and then at the same time Mr. Nobody shows up and this is where um since they're getting closer to the the dual site the church um Marquise finally agrees to pay him 40 million dollars mm-hmm. and um like you were saying since he's doing that he ups the bounty for everybody to 40 million um so now Mr. Nobody cuz he wants the bounty he starts actually killing some of the other guys as well Right, like he doesn't need the competition, competition. competition. Yeah. So he, he's shooting them, and at some point at this fight in this house, this is where John picks up like somebody else's gun, and this is where he has like the firework rounds. Yeah, he's like yeah. got these incendiary rounds. Um, I like this because so they have this big long scene that's like shot from um, like top down. Yeah, and awesome. you see him going into these rooms, and yeah, he's just like shooting all these guys with these incendiary rounds and his other gun too but like he's just like catching everybody on fire the thing is there's like somebody coming around every corner and like he always knows exactly where everybody is he's very aware yeah yeah but yeah i did like that scene quite a bit and event so eventually it comes down uh to just him and mr nobody and actually uh john ends up getting the better of mr nobody and he like he starts choking him out, and he's about to kill him. But at that time, that chibi guy shows up, and um, the dog is sicked on him once again, I think. But chibi is going to kill the dog, and John sees that, so like John takes a shot at him to so that he doesn't kill the dog. Right. Of course, you know the the dog connection in this movie, yeah. in this franchise. Got really. respect. It knows its roots. <laughs> <laughs> um. So John gets away, and at this point, Mister Nobody is like. Well, damn, he saved my dog. So, like, uh, maybe I should help him. Um, <laughs> so now uh, they find this, like, um, ridiculous, like, set of stairs that's, like, really long. Right. Apparently, yeah. like, these, there's these stairs going up to this church. To church. Like, 222 yeah. steps, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They say how many. Yeah. So, John has this ridiculously long fight uh, where there's just guys all, uh, all the way up these set of stairs and he's shooting them and uh, stabbing them and narrowly. You know, narrowly avoiding getting hit. He gets all the way to the top, and that chibi guy hits him and literally like knocks him like all the way down. Yeah, yeah it was. Ridiculous. It was like a Homer Simpson's fall. Like. <laughs> I, I thought this was kind like in the theater. It actually gets a laugh. Yeah, but it was kind of silly because at some point I'm like, I think he's putting extra effort into this to roll further. <laughs> I'm like, I think he could maybe stop this if he wanted to. <laughs> but no, like, there were those little like little. Uh, spaces where it flattens out right and it seemed like maybe he can stop it there but he just, he just keeps going <laughs> yeah. didn't he stop briefly one spot and then it like and then the guy kicked it again, him down like, again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um so when he gets to the bottom kane shows up and like kane wants to get him to the duel so now kane starts helping him and so they're both fighting their yeah, uh, way i think up. kane's reasoning is that if he does the duel and he wins he can save his daughter from all of this uh high table stuff so part of me was motivation. part of me was thinking like you know what kane because they're down to the wire they got like two or three minutes to get to this fight i'm like maybe, maybe kane could have you know helped out a little bit sooner right. <laughs> <laughs> after he's like Mince me to the bottom of these stairs. He's like, "Come on, pal, we got we got like three minutes here." Uh, maybe know? he's smart. He's like, "I can win this duel now." Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> um, also, around that same time, uh, uh, Mister Nobody shows up again. He does the the nut. Oh yeah, sick, right. sick's a dog on Chibi's nuts. So he goes down, and then he like shoots him because he like you know threatened the dog earlier. Yeah. And then just for comedy, the dog of course takes a piss on him. Yeah. Um, so John gets to the duel just in time 
Now I got a question. Did they, when they were setting up the duel in the first place, did they set up that Kane was actually going to, you know, be the guy in the duel rather than the Marquise himself? Well, when they were drawing cards, like at the end, like he said he wants to do a, what they call a substitution. Oh, like a nomination or uh, something. But uh, anyway, so yeah, he said Kane and then Kane was like, at some point he's like, I'm not going to do it. And he's like, is he going to do it or is he not going to do it? Because he threatened him after that or something. Yeah, I was a, a little unclear on that. But but yeah, he's like, uh, Kane has been nominated as like a contender for him. <laughs> Could John be like, okay, Winston, you're stepping in for me? <laughs> well, that's kind of like, when it was questionable whether he's going to show up, he's like, well, maybe Winston can be his like <laughs> substitution. <laughs> Um, Such is life. <laughs> so yeah, wow. they do this thing where they give them dueling pistols that have just one shot in them, and they're going to duel at thirty paces. If there's no uh, winner, they'll go to twenty paces, and then no winner, they'll go to ten paces. So at thirty paces, they both shoot and they they both wing each other. At twenty paces again, they wing each other, and on that one, like Kane got like gut shot, so he got a little worse than John, who like got hit in the arm or something. And then at ten paces. Kane shoots, John doesn't, uh, John like gets hit in the guts and he goes down and the Marquise is like, Ooh, I get to take the coup de gras now. And like, he goes to kill John and then Winston's like, you idiot. He hasn't shot yet. And then John uses that one last bullet to kill the Marquise. My question is, do you think if Winston didn't, um, distract the Marquise at that time that he would have just killed John? It well, it seemed like, like it. John was kind of taking his sweet time about it. That's apparently. what I thought too. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I guess the that momentary distraction was enough. I mean, you got, you got to believe that John's a quick draw. Like he he might have gotten the shot off anyway, but I mean, you got to suspend disbelief, I guess. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, Clancy Brown uh, declares that basically everybody wins. Uh, I, I guess. Um, but honestly, how does that work? Because like you know, neither. Kane or John died right in that moment. Is it because the Marquis no, because, stepped in because, for him? No, well, the, Macar- Kane, the Marquis released Kane. Yeah, uh, and said he was free with his daughter. Oh, just because he agreed right. to take the nomination. And then John killed yeah. him, so John was free from the because he binding yeah, agreement. Or the whatever. Marquis thought the match was over, and then Kane asked him like, "Hey, so am I free? And my daughter?" And he was like, "Yeah, you're both free." Oh, okay, so yeah, Clancy Brown says John is is free from the high table. And that Kane can be with his daughter as well. Um, um, so now, um, I think there's a quick conversation between like Kane and John, where John's like, "You owe me one" or something. Anyway, Kane goes off, and then John has this conversation with Winston, where he's like, "Will you take me back home?" And he's like, "Of course." And like, oh, go <laughs> well, ahead. No, go ahead. Well, this part's ridiculous because he's like, "Yeah, I'll take you home." And then, and then instead of like getting him help, John just walks down the stairs and dies. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you know, such is life, I guess." Well, I, I guess the agreement was just to take his dead body home. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't put it together until after he died. He's like, "Oh, he's saying, well, you take my remains yeah. home.'" Like, I didn't put it together in that moment. Same here. But at the same time, you do have to wonder, like. Could they have rushed to get a medical attention and maybe save it? Probably not. Probably not. They should really have a doctor on uh, these yeah. duels. <laughs> Kane also in need of a doctor. <laughs> um, but John, he goes and, and sits down on the steps and he gets a vision of his, his dead wife. Um, and then he dies. Um, you know, I, I feel like I should have seen this coming. Well, 
you know, I always thought, you know, the, the John Wick franchise is one of those that could end with him dying just because, like, the whole thing is he loves his wife and you can kind of still have a happy ending because you're like, oh, he's with his wife, you know? And even, like, though they set it up earlier where he's like, you know, put loving husband on my tombstone, I guess I still didn't think at that point that they were going to kill him in this movie, but... Mm -hmm. They uh, didn't have, like, one of those big sappy things where, like, he was running to his dog. That should have been the after credits. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not his wife, his dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, the the movie ends back in New York. Winston and uh, Lawrence Fishburne say goodbye to John at his gravesite, which, of course, is next to his wife's, and it says loving husband. Yeah, her says loving wife, and his says loving husband. Um, So, yeah. um, Where do you guys think... um, I mean, obviously, we know that John's story is wrapped up. I did hear a rumor, though. I think it's just a rumor at this point that that ballerina movie might have like a John Wick cameo. So maybe it like takes place like before the events of this movie, so okay. that we could potentially get, uh, you know, more John Wick, even though he's dead. Hey, I'm down. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I'd be totally down for that. Yeah. Or was he okay? And they just like uh, faked his death. Faked his tombstone. I'd be okay with that too, honestly. <laughs> <sighs> I wouldn't want him to do that. I, I do like the finality of it. Maybe he'll come back as a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Double tap. You really can't kill him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um, overall, I, I really enjoyed the movie um, and, and enjoyed this franchise. And I am interested in potential spinoffs that they could do. Yeah. I was trying to think, like, because they did have other assassins. Like, do you think they'd ever bring Common back from the second movie? Yeah, that's true. He survived. Uh he did survive, yeah. I can see him coming back. Did uh, I forget? Did didn't um, even? Uh, she, I don't think she's a great actress, but didn't Ruby Rose survive, or did she on the second movie? Oh no, she didn't because he he stabbed her and then pulled it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. That was kind of interesting too because she was like, um, she was deaf, wasn't she? And yeah. She like did sign language. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we have to make assassins that have some sort of defect. <laughs> it's good, man. It's yeah, awesome, it is. Man. Yeah. Um, you know what I thought was weird about this series, though? Why does Chapter 3 have a subtitle and none of the other ones do? Because it's John Wick, that. John Wick Chapter 2, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, and then John Wick Chapter 4. Like, it's... I'm like, why did they, <laughs> why did they subtitle one and not any of the others? I don't know. <laughs> it's just a bizarre naming convention. Yeah. Um... Uh, anything else you guys can think of that we haven't covered that you maybe wanted to point out about the movie? I think we covered everything. Um, okay, guys. Big question. Where would you? What would you give this scale? One to ten. Give it a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, I'm thinking seven point five. I think I'm rolling in around six and a half. Technically fresh. <laughs> <laughs> now let me ask you: Did you enjoy it enough that you'll? Hey, here's my commendation. I didn't fall asleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so loud. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. I fall asleep during some action movies. <laughs> Did you like it enough that you would consider going back and watching two and three? I don't think I need that. No. <laughs> You're like, I know how it ends. <laughs> but no, uh, very, very enjoyable franchise. And um, I do hope they make more spinoffs than just the ballerina. I I would like to see that um, the whole you know Akira Kane yeah. movie too. And, yeah, for sure. And uh, I just like how these guys do action. Really. Yeah, uh, Kane was very fun to watch too. I, I definitely would watch him again, like in another movie. So yeah, I do hope they bring him back. Like I, I was talking at breakfast with OJ about this, but um, they also 
in front of the movie they advertise this movie called Sisu, and it's oh, apparently right. from the same studio. But it's like, is the guy Russian? I think um, I think uh, Finnish. I think oh yeah might... yeah I think they said something like it's a Finland. Swedish or Finnish word or something. But um, uh, he he's getting attacked by all these Nazis and he's just killing all these Nazis in just crazy fucking ways. I was and I was kind of, part of me was kind of like maybe. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of thought that too. Like maybe if that reviews well, I would think about. <laughs> they have this scene. I heard good things. They have this scene where there's this Nazi standing there and just like this landmine comes flying through the air and like right. hits him right in the head. Right. <laughs> I was like, "This is crazy enough that it might, it might work." Man, Nazis are like the eternal bad guys. You yeah, can always yeah. use them. It's always fun to watch them die. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That one looked interesting. It did. Yeah, I saw that trailer. I was like, "Yeah, I would think about. I would consider that <laughs> yeah, one." Yeah, they knew who they were targeting with this John Wick audience. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we're thinking about doing Dungeons and Dragons because it's getting good reviews. You guys want to do that next week? For sure. Yeah, I'd give that a shot. It seems seems like it's got like a lot of tongue in cheek. Uh, yeah, lots of good humor and yeah, a lot it. of humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I heard that Chris Pine is the most Chris Pine Chris Pine can ever get in this movie. Yeah, they had that in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I never really thought about it. I saw like an interview with uh, Tarantino where he said he's probably like the best actor of his generation. I was like, I didn't know he was like that league. Mm. Who Chris, Chris Pine? Chris Pine, yeah. Well, Tarantino just announced his last movie. You think he'll he'll use Chris Pine? <laughs> he always takes Sounds the best like people he can get. So, I mean, it's it's a possibility. I think there was a rumor that he was going to cast Kate Blanchett, but that's just a rumor. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, who knows what his last project is? Or it's called. Um, they announced it's called the Movie Critic, and it takes place in the seventies. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that um, he would do something in the sci-fi realm. Because like there was a rumor at one point that he was possibly going to work on a Star Trek movie, and then that never happened. But I'm like, well, if he can't do Star Trek, I'd at least like to see him do something in the sci-fi realm because he's never done it. Yeah, he said he's supposed. To, well, it's supposed to be his last movie, but <clears throat> apparently he's going to do TV series and shit, so he's not done. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why he's so hell bent on just doing ten movies. It's like so many directors have done. Like you know, Spielberg like, has done like. Who knows how many movies, and he's still making good ones. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's something about just getting old, and <laughs> he wants this like Moving legacy on. of ten movies. You're like, <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. But yeah, if he if he makes some TV series, I'm sure it'll be good. So. You know, I still have not got around to watching uh, Once Upon a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, me either. I've he, seen all of his other movies, I believe. He said it like he thinks it's his best film, and I was like, yeah, it was. It was okay. It wasn't his best for me. For me, Kill Bill is easily his best. Kill Bill was amazing. I love Django. See, I wasn't high on Django. Django. Um, but yeah, that'll that'll I think will do it for our review of John Wick, uh, Chapter Four. Um, and hopefully we'll see you guys again next week for some Dungeons and Dragons talk. Um, you guys got anything else you want to talk about? Nope. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. Well, we thank everybody very much. Um, if you like this review, please um. You know, uh, share it with other people um, because we like doing these reviews. Um, They're a lot of fun. Um, uh, If you will, subscribe both to the YouTube channel and to our podcast on your podcast service of choice. Uh, Give us thumbs up, uh, comments. Um, You can tell us if you want us to review anything else for you. Uh, We'll be happy to uh, look into that. Um, And why not come over and talk to us on Twitter as well, guys? Where can people find you on the Twitter? Uh, A name for this too, and that's number two. 
At unsolicited SUG. And you can, of course, find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z A C H J O N E S L I V E. And that's going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Yeah, have a good one.